Welcome to Antelope Road Christian Fellowship. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit myarcf.com. Good morning, ARCF family. This is Greg. If you guys are new, if you're not, um, I love you guys. You can see we're doing things a little bit different this Sunday morning. I'm uh, not exactly dressed up. Not at 100%. I'm in not yet finished new office um, that is going to house desks for Conrad, Reyes, and myself. Recording this a couple days early. If you've been with us, we are wrapping up a five-week series called Family Road Trip. And we've been looking at each of the five vision statements that we adopted a year and a half ago. Today's vision statement is We see God uh, leading us to be an example of world-class stewardship. Now, if you grew up in the church, you know in advance that uh, whenever somebody talks about stewardship in Christian settings, we're almost always talking about money. Uh, That is not the case today. We're going to talk about a few different things. But uh, allow me to uh, briefly define the word because it's not a word we use in common parlance a whole lot anymore. It's kind of like the word management. It means I am not the owner but somebody has put it into my hands, has entrusted it to me. And so it's critical that we talk about stewarding or managing resources because of the first piece of scripture we're gonna look at today. The first two verses of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For, what is for? For, right? Because, answers why or because. He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. So the psalmist is saying everything belongs to God because he made it. Amen? Now, until the Lord changes our hearts, we don't like that reality. Not one bit. Ownership is what gives me my rights. And so to not have ownership, I lose rights. That was for free. That wasn't even in the sermon. But this is our starting point. If somebody who loves Jesus, or as a church family, all of us together, have anything in our hands, we either stole it from God, or he entrusted it to us. Those are the only two options, because everything is his. We've, we wrested control out of our idolatry. We said, no, I'm going to put my hands on it. No, I'm smarter than you, wiser than you. Um, or he actually did that on purpose. He put something into your hands. Um, you've felt that way perhaps if you've ever uh, adopted a child or brought a child home from the hospital. They let you just drive away. Um, I remember calling my best friend Ken uh, a little over four years ago, very intimidated and saying, Ken, Emily and I only took 16 hours of classes to become parents. And then the state of California is allowing us to become parents. This is crazy. And he shot back at me about his oldest daughter and said, we got to take Bella home from the hospital with zero hours of classes or training. And I just thought, what a dangerous world we are living in, right? You've been entrusted with a human life. Maybe you've been entrusted with a job. Maybe you've been entrusted with a relationship, uh, like a marriage. Um, The Church of Jesus Christ has been entrusted with a number of things 
by God. And we've got to figure out, is Jesus crazy? Why is he trusting us with these things? Um, no, he's not. I'll tell you in advance, he, he's not crazy. But he has put things in our hands that we would love and serve him, love and serve our hurting world, love and serve each other even, and in the stewarding of those things, glorify the Father. So this is going to be a little bit, um, this might be a little bit of a blitzkrieg of ideas here, but I want to talk essentially about four types of stewardship that protect the church's ability to get the gospel out. Uh, the mission of the church is to tell the whole world about Jesus, amen, and to advance the kingdom. Uh, there are four things that every church here, at least in the North American context, has to steward. We invest our money, time, energy in these four things, and they're all good. I want to talk briefly about the balancing of the four to make sure that we're the healthiest possible uh, church that the Lord will allow us to be. So, and I'm going to answer these, give them as answers to the question, why? Why stewardship? Why are we talking about stewardship? How did this make it uh, onto the short list as a uh, vision statement? And so the, my first answer to why is because facility stewardship protects the mission. Why stewardship? Well, because this one type of stewardship, facilities, buildings, protects the mission. And I know you're confused already, so let me break it down. If we spend too much money on our buildings, whether that's through rent or mortgage, if we spend too much on buildings, is it possible that other important things don't get funded? You're all at home, so shout loud. Is that a problem? Say yes. Yes. Some of you have been, by God's grace, you've never been in a church situation where this has happened. But there are church families that through this bad circumstance or that bad circumstance, the mortgage almost sunk the church. Or the rent was too high. It was a mobile church and they couldn't make rent. Pretty boring stuff, huh? Practical, but boring. Let's talk about my second why. Why are we talking about stewardship? Because staffing stewardship protects the mission. In most churches, the single greatest thing that we spend money on is the staff, the paychecks of our staff. Again, another good thing. Is it possible to be so overstaffed that important things don't get funded? Say yes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to say that um, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied right now with the percentage uh, of our total giving that we're spending on staffing. We're not, we're not overstaffed by any means, and I'm excited about that um, because it can become a threat to other things. Or third, my third why, why stewardship? Because ministry stewardship protects the mission. Ministries, the way that we fund our ministries, the things we're actually doing to love and serve our world and love and serve each other, to teach the Bible, um, these things, stewarding very carefully these different budget items are important. Why? If you spend too much money on those things, can you run out of money for other important things? Say yes. Yeah, you, you see where I'm going with this. And the fourth is this. Why are we talking about stewardship? Because missions stewardship protects the mission. That sounds crazy and 
uh, repetitive. So if you're new to church, I, again, I want to explain again. Most Christians have this word called missions. What we mean by it is usually uh, international, but though definitely not always. Uh, missions is a Christian Christian word that just says we are going to be very purposeful in bringing the good news about Jesus to a different people group, somewhere else in the world, perhaps a uh, different state, different city. Um, and this is something that sometimes we put our monies together to train and equip saints from among ARCF to go out. Other times it is putting monies together to bless people who are already out uh, working on their specific projects to get the gospel out. And both are good. Um, <clears throat> but these are the four things that the average North American church spends money on. We spend money on facilities, our staffing, ministries, and missions, the gospel going out beyond us. These, these four things are essentially where a church's money goes. And so I want to talk just very briefly to, to say what I've already said. Um, one of them can will quite naturally squeeze the others. And, and, the, and the reason I'm talking about this, even though it can, can be painfully boring, I, I want to make it practical for you right now. If you love the Lord and you call ARCF your home, I want to make a request of you. We're coming up to that time of year where we're forming our new annual budget. I want to make a request of you because I see this in every church. It doesn't matter uh, which church you're at, how large, how small. This happens over and over and over again. And I, I just want to make you aware of something so that you can uh, think through your, your ministry ideas. Think it through a little bit more, with more clarity before you come to an elder with your idea, before you come to a staff member with your idea. And, and here's what I want to put before you, okay? Note takers, go ahead and grab your pen. This is a, how every individual saint can help to protect the mission of ARCF as we keep these four expenses in balance. Here's how you can help. Before you come and make a request of a leader, please carefully look at and think about the entire church. It's just that, it's really just that simple. Before you make a request of one of the leaders, please carefully think through the entire church, all the needs of the church. And, and here's what I'm saying. Uh, we see this all the time in politics. We see that the budget um, for our country is in the trillions and nobody cares to balance it anyway. And we have this tiny little project in our neck of the woods called Citrus Heights, California. And it's a mere $3 million. And $3 million is very small compared to what the house is going to spend. <clears throat> so we ask our representative, hey, can you go advocate for this? And, but what the problem is, is that every district in the whole country did that. Everybody tacked on their little thing and their little thing. And they weren't necessarily bad projects right? We're all grown adults here. You know what I'm talking about. They're not necessarily bad project, projects, but before we know it, we've busted the budget. Now, here's where the analogy breaks down. The U.S. government has a printing press. More power to them. ARCF elders do not. The elders of ARCF do not have a printing press. And so here's what this means. A brother or sister, maybe you right now, you're, you're thinking of some a request you made 20 years ago or Last week, you get a cool ministry idea, and it's only going to cost, you know, $3,000 a year. 
and you see how big the church budget is and you go, oh, we, we could squeeze this in. What I want to, why the reason I, I don't want you to discourage you from bringing the idea to leadership, not at all. Uh, the Lord might be in it. Uh, but I, what I do, I'm asking you to think through is, for ARCF, if you bring a 3,000 a year idea, the elders can only say yes to that if we say no to $3,000 worth of, of other ideas. We have to shrink something else, eliminate something else. And so it, it can be very common in Christian churches where everybody is um, kind-hearted and loving and innocent, but not necessarily seeing how the sausage is made, where we can come in, maybe it's just talking with one staff member or it's even coming in into an elder meeting with a request, and we haven't even considered uh, a reason why leaders would say no to a particular idea. And what accidentally happens, and this is why I'm warning, I'm saying this to you so that all of us can get along better. What happens is we've never even thought of a reason why somebody might say no, and so we bring it to the elders. The elders see the entire budget. They can think immediately, even if they love the idea, they go, okay, where are we going to find the money, right? Because we don't have a printing press. Here are maybe other places where we might have to say no in order to say yes, or it's nice, but it's not as important as these other objectives. And then before you know it, you've got hurt feelings, okay? This is why I'm talking through this, this uh, unnecessary detail right now. It's really not unnecessary can protect us from hurt feelings if we know in advance that our staff and our elders are looking at the whole pie. We work very hard here at ARCF to get all of our leaders to look at the whole pie. And if you can do that in your own heart and in your own mind before bringing an idea, much less likely that you're going to get your feelings hurt if your spiritual leaders say that's a cool idea, but it's not something we can prioritize right now. This happens a lot, well, really with all things, but it happens with missions a lot. There's a missionary that comes through town and they're asking for something that sounds really small, like $500 a year. And somebody who's really passionate about missions says, yeah, you know, let's do it. But has not necessarily answered the question, where's the $500 going to come from? Again, no, no printing press. Now let me double back on what I've said and contradict myself a little bit. I don't want any one of you to be discouraged from bringing ministry ideas to staff and elders. I really, really don't. But I do want you to do your very best to join us in asking yourself, okay, Lord, what does the whole picture look like? You know, we spend some huge, I think we spend 35% plus on facilities right now mortgage and repairs and this and those are real things that we can't get around as we steward carefully facilities and the staffing and our ministry ideas and our missions opportunities and here's where the actual sermon is now that we've gotten past the boring stuff the mission of the gospel of jesus christ going out is what is protected when we carefully manage these different budget items okay getting to tell people about jesus is the privilege that we get from not letting any of this stuff get too crazy, too out of control. Uh, let's talk about a couple of practicals of what I mean and what I want to encourage you toward and tell you at least what is my intention uh, for us to do at the elder level and what you're going to see uh, each year as we put forward a new annual budget. 
So what could it look like to choose into world-class stewardship? Because everything we're stewarding belongs to the Lord. His glory is on the line here. His reputation is on the line. We represent him. Amen? Every decision we make, we're representing him. So here's uh, an idea, conviction related to facilities. Okay? I would hope that we would be able to make 30 to 40 year decisions with facilities and to make those decisions in cash whenever possible. Because last minute decisions using debt can be very, very expensive in the long run. How, how many of you guys at home know that if you don't have an emergency fund, Visa and MasterCard are happy to solve your problem, right? If the Lord allows us, I would love it if we could, every time there's a facilities issue, we could ask ourselves, what's a good 30-year decision? And if we've carefully saved up our pennies to, to make that repair with cash, if, if the Lord were to allow that's a very high level of stewardship. The best businesses in the world run that way. The strongest churches in North America run that way. And I would like to put that vision before you. If the Lord allows us to do so, and if we're generous and we're careful with our money, we could do that. And the generations behind us could be blessed by not being crippled by repair after repair. They can instead focus on ministry. Wouldn't that be great? But here's the second practical idea to put before you, or a concept, I should say. Um, and you don't have to worry about this. It's just you'll see it, you know, once a year at annual meeting. Um, staff job descriptions are written around and focused on our five vision statements and our four core values. Uh, one way that we hold our staffing dollars accountable is the staff, you know, in our meeting Wednesday morning, we look at each other and we encourage each other and we pray for each other. But our actual job descriptions of what we're working on and how we're working on them are defined by the same things on the wall that we're going to talk about at a church business meeting or at an elder meeting, we're going to ask ourselves, am I spending my time connecting people together in authentic relationships so that they can grow into Christian maturity, serve God and each other, and go tell others about Jesus? If I'm doing something outside of those, am I wasting the Lord's time, the Lord's money? Very possible. Very possible. So the staff holding ourselves accountable, the elders holding the staff accountable, to those things. Um, I should say also as an aside, as, as the leader of the staff, it's my job and privilege to be the bad guy every great once in a while on an issue like this. Um, I've been a youth pastor where I have faced requests from people in the church that did not really know what my job description was. I've been a worship pastor while I have faced requests from people that did not necessarily know where the limits were of my job description. And, and I just want to kind of reiterate the same request right now. If you're going to go to Conrad and ask him to do something, please, please, please prayerfully and carefully look at the vision statement and core values before you go to him. Because I promise you, if it doesn't fit within those nine things, it's not something he's supposed to be spending his time and energy on, even if you're really excited about the idea. If you're going to go to Melissa and make a request, please, please, please look at the core values and vision statements first. Please do that. It's true of all of the staff, but that's just my little way of trying to shield the staff a tiny bit because you wouldn't believe the requests we get sometimes. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But we want to stay on mission. Amen. Um, a, a third idea 
uh, or a third concept I want to put before you guys. And this is always good to have in your mind before the annual celebration that's coming up March 7. Um, is having our ministries both funded and held accountable in a way that every member of ARCF is proud. Um, back to the government analogy, we know there's a lot of wasteful spending where there's a lack of accountability, right? We all know that. It's not even necessarily evil or malicious. It's just that when there's not a lot of accountability, bad things happen. And so we want to be a church family where we hold our, we not just, we fund our ministries proactively, but we hold them accountable to, okay, we say that this is for reaching people with the gospel. Is it reaching people? We say that this is to connect people in authentic relationships. Is it working? And it is a good, necessary, healthy, and I'd say God-honoring that our elders and our staff are going to sit down periodically and go, is it working? Is it giving God the glory he deserves that fit inside our original intention for this particular ministry idea? Did it work? And what's so critical, and I, and I just want to brag on your elders and your staff here for a moment, um, you're, a leader has to have the humility to, for their identity to be not wrapped up in their ministry. If they have a ministry idea that fails, they're not emotionally crushed over it like it was their own heart. No, this is a tool. We did our best to glorify God with it. But if it didn't glorify him the way we wanted, we're going to toss it out and try a different idea until Jesus is glorified. And, and I, I say that to, to brag on your elders and staff. They care deeply about the mission of making Jesus famous in Citrus Heights. And not a one of them gets all emotionally bent out of shape and attached to a ministry idea like it's their baby. They don't do that. Um, so I, I just say that, that you'll join with me in thanking God for your leaders. They have the humility to toss an idea out if the idea simply was not affected, effective. They, they have that humility, and I, and I praise God very much for that. One other idea uh, on stewardship related to missions. Um, <clears throat> what could it look like if we were doing a world-class job at stewardship? This is part of my definition. Part of my definition, if we were doing a world-class job at stewardship of God's resources, is that we would always, yes, I said it, always, have the money to train and send out cross-cultural missionaries that God calls up inside our church. Always. And so here's what I mean. Um, I've said it before, you know, rewind the clock a few years um, what would have happened if our sister Cindy DeBeer believed strongly that the Lord was calling her to be trained, equipped, and sent out, and all of our dollars had already been sent elsewhere? That would have looked different, wouldn't it? And that would have been tragic. That would have been absolutely tragic. I want us to make decisions as a church family so that if the Lord raises up a couple of college students that ARCF is ready to go. We are ready to give them the training. And, the, and it doesn't. I don't mean willy-nilly like you had a feeling and so I write you a check immediately. We, we can use our spiritual uh, leaders to carefully assess people and see if they've got the commitment that is necessary. But how sad would it be if we did not have monies set aside to train, equip, and send missionaries because we what? We just believed God was never going to call missionaries out from among us? Oh, ARCF. 
We know, when once we say it out loud, we know we would never, ever want to say out loud, no, God's never going to call any of us. We would never say that out loud. And yet, when we do not save money for that purpose, that's kind of what we're saying. We're saying missions is a thing of the past. That happened once with Cindy. There are some others that have come through and we've given them some money but God calling our children, the next generation, calling them up and out to the nations, there's no way that would happen, right? And, and so, so that, that's really what we're saying if we don't save. So my encouragement to you as it relates to world-class stewardship is this. If God says to do something with a facility, ARCF is ready because we took God's money seriously. And if God says to make a staffing decision, ARCF is ready because we take God's money seriously. Why? It's the Lord's. He deserves the praise and honor and glory. He deserves excellent stewardship of his resources, right? Like the parable of the talents. If God says to start a new ministry and it's going to be an expensive ministry, ARCF is ready to go. Why? Because we take the Lord's money seriously and joyfully. It's our joy to do the Lord's work with the Lord's resources. And if God raises up our own kids to go to islands far away, to learn languages, to translate the Bible into languages that it's not been translated to, to reach people who don't currently have access to the gospel. The ARCF is ready because we've always taken the Lord's resources seriously. Am I convincing you guys how sacred resources actually are? Am I convincing you? Am I getting any amens there at home? Brothers and sisters, the earth is the Lord's, all of it. It's his. And it is our joy to obey when he calls us to send a missionary or start a ministry or do this or do that with his money. That is our privilege. It is our sacred trust. Not nearly as sacred, of course, as the relationships that we steward, the relationship with our city, the relationship with our children, holding the gospel in jars of clay, right? But we as an already redeemed people, we have many of the Lord's resources in our hands. And what if, what if we manage money in 2021 like we already know in 2031, God's going to tell us to do something really big and really exciting? What if? Holy Spirit, please encourage us as a church family this morning. Holy Spirit, get us excited about your leadership of this church family. Holy Spirit, give us the courage to obey what your, the Father says to us through the Word. Make us passionate disciples of Jesus Christ that are excited uh, to send the gospel out uh, from us, off our lips, and through the lives of brothers and sisters who are called to go out. God, make us serious about your resources uh, because we're serious about your glory and your fame and your renown in the precious name of jesus christ we pray and all of arcf said amen mm -hmm.